0: The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network podcast, the golf edition. I'm Jason Sobel. He's Peter Jennings, and we've got some news coming up on the pod. We're going to get into that in our five questions in five minutes. And, oh, yeah, we might talk a little bit about what happened this weekend at Torrey Pines. And, of course, we'll get all the way into this week's Waste Management Phoenix Open. I'm fired up. Only 5,000 fans? Hey, look, that's 5,000 more than we've had at a lot of other tournaments, so... Um, even though it's a lot less than usual in Phoenix, still going to be pretty good. Peter, what's going on, my man.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, fun to be with you on the pod here and, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a great golf week. Uh, we have the super bowl coming up. This is a, a really fun week in sports and, uh. I remember being at the event together and, and standing, uh, you know, in the stadium hall, it's par three. It's uh, certainly a lot different uh, here at Waste Management than it's been in the past. We went there two years ago now. Is that right?
0: Two years ago? I think it was two years ago. What a great weekend that was. so Why are we not at Whisper Rock right now playing golf? Uh, that's a great question. up.
1: At least what, are, what
0: are we doing right now? What are we doing? We're both sitting at home doing a podcast. We should be at Whisper Rock. On, on the sleaze dime, just playing as much golf and and in, imbibing as many beverages as possible.
1: We'd be having drinks and playing Canadian blackjack, but uh, yeah, it should be a really fun week, and uh, kudos to Patrick Reed, who I know is the the, uh, the talk of the golf world. I have an opinion on it. I know you've been talking about it all day. We don't have to go too much into it, but uh, what were your thoughts on Patrick Reed winning, which I thought was the most impressive thing? Like He definitely thrived off, I, mean, I don't know if he thrived, but he played amazing golf and Certainly didn't let the media get him down and, and have an amazing Sunday.
0: Yeah, we're recording this on Monday evening. I've spent about the last 12 hours of my life talking about Patrick Reed and the situation and the incident and everything else. So uh, what I will say that I haven't said enough yet is that whether you think Patrick Reed is completely innocent and getting a raw deal or whether you think Patrick Reed is an outright cheater and should be kicked off the tour, Whatever your viewpoint is, you have to admit that when his back is up against the wall, Patrick Reed puffs out his chest, and he plays really, really good golf. We saw it at the Ryder Cup years ago when he shushed an entire European continent. We saw it when he was building sandcastles in the Bahamas at the Hero World Challenge uh, two years ago, and he still had a really good weekend, finished in third. We saw it last year in Mexico when there was controversy, and he wound up winning that week, and then this weekend, most other golfers I mean, I would venture to say 97% of other professional golfers with all these rumors and innuendo and uh, just everything swirling around them and thinking about it and the, you know, just in such a mental pursuit like golf is and trying to win a big tournament like the Farmers is, most of these guys would have melted just with all that stuff going on around them. And Patrick Reed just said, all right, I'm going to go play. I'm going to play really well. I'm going to win this thing. And that's exactly what he did. So, again, whatever you think of Reed right now, you have to admit that was some pretty heady stuff that he did on Sunday.
1: Incredible. I mean, winning by that margin against that field was amazing, and he's certainly going to be uh, someone you want to look at at the U.S. Open and basically every major tournament. I mean, he is right there. And the one big complaint – and. Um, I I think his reputation was a big part of the reason it got so much coverage. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with all the coverage after the round on Saturday, but I I thought it was horrendous. and And I tweeted that I thought it was obnoxious that CBS spent 15 minutes talking about it and basically going around to all their color people to like, for the most part, just say how they thought Reed was cheating uh, when there's live golf going on like legitimate really good golf going on with the leaderboard of John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed, Carlos Ortiz like the names we want to watch and guys we want to like Sung Jae charging like they're not showing enough guys for in contention I mean I was biased I was rooting for Rory Sabatini but he made three birdies to get within two like there's all this golf going on that's really important and they're talking about Patrick Reed for that amount of time and I just think I don't know. Show me more golf.
0: Would you like to know why? Well, I guess, yeah, tell me. Give me the reason. Uh, I I mean, it's it's sort of a layered answer here. But first of all, and and the reason they even came back to it on Saturday during the coverage after it happened was it is a direct response to all the Twitter talk. Five years ago, maybe even three years ago, if everyone was on social media talking about something that had happened, CBS would usually just sweep it under the rug and not necessarily talk about it. They are very in tune now and trying to be in tune with what everyone is talking about. Starting their broadcast on Sunday with rehashing and sort of having a roundtable discussion about what had happened 24 hours after the fact is them trying to show, hey, we've got some journalistic integrity. We've got some things to say. We're not just going to sweep it under the rug. Was it too far the other way? Yeah, maybe. And they could have shown live golf while they were doing it, but there's a new producer of CBS telecast. Lance Barrow is gone. Sellers shy is the new producer. And I think this is sort of the new regime, just a little bit showing that, Hey, we're not just going to pander to the PGA tour and talk about, well, all these players are great and what a great shot and what a nice day it is. Look at the puffy clouds and the cool trees at Tory pines. Look at the beach. They're going to say, look, we have a responsibility to address this for the viewership, and so did they address it for too long, and maybe too long after the fact. Yeah, I can, I can buy that. I can see that. But this was very much their response to the way they've handled situations like this over the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, which is to basically neglect it.
1: Okay, Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. You know the golf journalism world as well as anybody, having been in the, the midst of it for
0: how long now, Jason? Twenty plus right, years for no, sure, right? Yeah, like, I mean, ha- yeah, I go back to like Walter Hagen or something. I don't know, I can't. Remember.
1: I mean, you're immersed in it. You know everybody, and I guess I get that response. And, and I am biased because I'm betting and have DFS, and I want to see a lot of golf. But um, I thought it was obnoxious, and I guess I get it. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I know it's a polarizing topic, and. It's interesting like I have some guys who are big uh rules people and like a plus 4 golfer and another, you know, scratch golfer and they were on kind of opposite sides which uh uh-huh. is really interesting when the golf rules should be pretty black and white. So I know that's more of a gray area with that specific ruling, but it was interesting that so many people were on on different sides on this one.
0: I don't really want to get into it like I said I've been talking about it for two straight days now, but just for those who are only tuning in now and, and listening to our pod. Maybe you didn't listen to anything else. I, I'm going to give my two cents. I'm going to let it go. And you can feel free to comment on this however you would like. The, the two red flags to me were he picked up his ball and he marked his ball, picked it up, and then he brought in a rules official. I've never seen a player – pick up the ball, and then call in a rules official. If you're going to call a rules official, you call them, and then you stand there and wait for them to come. So I thought that was just a little bit strange. And then even more of a red flag was the fact that after the round, he went in the scoring trailer. They showed him video evidence of the ball bouncing. Now, I have no doubt that Patrick Reed didn't see it bounce when he first hit it. He's in a bunker. He's not looking in the rough. uh, That's fine. I give him the benefit of the doubt there. But after the round, he was shown the video evidence it bounced. He then walked out of the scoring trailer after a long phone call, stood in front of the cameras and said, it's almost impossible for a ball that bounces in the rough to then embed. So basically what he's trying to sell us on is that it bounced and then it embedded. So yes, the impossible did indeed happen, which I just have a hard time swallowing. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and that I think the biggest point that you made is that, you know,
1: uh he should have called over a rules official first but rory did the same thing and i think the world of rory Mm -hmm. um i mean he didn't even call rules official and he just said hey my ball's
0: embedded but that's probably what was going on for a lot of these guys throughout the week so these things happen yeah Um, i would say rory rory didn't gain an advantage in where he dropped his ball as opposed to patrick reed who maybe got a little bit of an advantage oh for
1: for sure he got an advantage. well, this week, we, we got a really good tournament this
0: week. I mean, I Rom, JT,
1: Xander, Rory, we got basically all the best players in the world. Um, you know, All DJ. the guys who aren't
0: in Saudi Arabia playing the Saudi International, taking the blood money overseas. Is DJ playing that? Yes, he is. DJ Bryson Reed. Oh, by the way, how, how'd you like to come back from controversy? What's a good way to clear your name out of controversy? Let me go over Saudi Arabia and take a big appearance fee. So uh, Reed is over there. Finau, Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton. It, it's actually a really, really good uh, field over there as well. So we've got two good fields this week. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. So let's get into the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And by the way, as I mentioned off the top, we've got some big news coming up, um, some sad news. So you want to stick with stick. Stick around and stay tuned for that. Um, We're going to have a little announcement coming up, but uh, yeah, let's get into this week. So you mentioned those four guys off the top. Rahm is the favorite, uh, then JT, then Xander, then Rory. Uh, Peter, my favorite guy out of these four is the guy at the bottom of that list. I really like Rory this week. I think, first of all, this is a driver golf course, and Rory is driving it better than anyone else. He's second on the tour this season in strokes gained off the tee. He was second last week in strokes gained off the tee. And I also think going to a new venue is going to help him out, just kind of refresh, recharge the batteries just a little bit, You know, get a little new perspective. I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. He even said himself he thinks this is a a course he's heard that should really set up well for his game. So I like Rory. What are you thinking about out of that top four, the clear-cut top four in this field? Yeah, I mean I give Rom an advantage over Rory, but that's basically it. And I would put Xander ahead of JT, who has he just
1: tweeted out that he's he's learned a lot over the last couple of weeks. And I, I'm I know we we talked about what happened with JT, but I, I'm rooting for JT and uh people deserve grace in this world. So uh those four, um, I mean, you can make an argument for all of them. Um, I think Rory and Rom are the guys I'm most interested in. You know, Rom obviously <laughs> spends a lot of time in Arizona and uh, he putted pretty poorly at times, uh, specifically on Sunday. Uh, did make a couple bombs, but three putting from like 13 feet, missing a bunch of shorties. Uh, I think he'll get that part of his game sorted out. And Xander kind of got the monkey off his back. Uh, Torrey Pines uh, made the cut and played well. So all those guys I'm really interested in. I know Webb Simpson's had good history here. Berger, mm-hmm. Matsuyama has amazing history. There's yep. certainly compelling names after those guys, but – uh, it's a clear top four and then a, a big drop-off, and I want to be buying Rahm and Rory.
0: Yeah, uh, I, and I have no problem with Rom. I, I will contend – I don't know. I've written this before. I'm not sure that we have talked about it, but I think you can make a case about which player has the highest ceiling right now. It's probably Dustin Johnson. Um, I'm not saying this week, but just in general. Uh, I think Dustin probably has the highest ceiling, basically, if every top player has his A-plus game for the week – Dustin is probably winning that golf tournament. He's got a little more firepower than anybody else right now. And obviously that can change within the next few weeks, few months, whatever it might be. But I would also contend that John Rahm might have the highest floor of anybody right now that John Rahm's C game. If he even has a C game is the equivalent of most other players, B plus games or a minus games that he just doesn't really have an off week. And so for at least DFS purposes, or maybe like a top ten type of prop, you're not getting great odds on that. But uh, I think John Rahm's floor is so high that you can basically count on him every single week now. Yeah, I mean he's been the epitome of consistency. And so is
1: Rory. Uh, even with a bad year, he didn't miss a cut last year, and he played pretty yeah. bad. Maybe not the same as John Rahm, but both those guys are just so lead off the tee. It's hard to hard to play poorly when you're long and hitting a ton of fairways. So. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I think that uh, Rom, has an extremely high floor, and uh, this is a really good golf course for him as well. So that's the clear top. Uh, do you like anyone kind of in that like A or tier, you know, uh, 1B range, you know, down to maybe Sungjae uh, out of
0: like Simpson, Burger, Matsuyama, English, Sungjae? Yeah, Sungjae is the guy for me. Um, I, I've had a hard time sort of wrapping my mind around what course – and when and how and where Jay is going to play well, the guy plays every single week, and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of rhyme or reason for when he's going to play really well. In fact, you know we saw sort of both sides of Sungjae, the Jekyll and Hyde, on Sunday at Torrey Pines, five under on the front nine, and he winds up shooting seventy three and finishing in a share of, I believe, thirty second place. And so uh, you got kind of both Sungjays there in one day, so it's really hard to figure out. Uh, when and where he's gonna play his best golf. but I do think that uh, at a place like TPC Scottsdale, where driving is so important. i I like him this week. Um, Matsuyama's a guy that I, he was my favorite outright last week and uh, I try not to jump too far off of the guys who um, who I like and don't perform. I, I think that's a uh, uh, that's a pretty uh, how, how should I put it, commonplace better type of move beat is that you know hey i like a guy and he screwed me over so i'm gonna jump off and i'm never and gonna take wins, again i'm right mad at him. right, right for you and,
1: and this right. would be a week that Matsu, i mean this course he is
0: he has played super well here so uh, two wins nothing outside the top 16 and six starts yeah pretty good yeah how about we get a little lower uh i mean there's a, a few guys started this 40 to 1 range I don't like Kepka. I don't love Bubba. Scotty Scheffler really disappointed me last week. Seven under and then seven over to miss the cut. I love Will Zalatoris, and I know that you're a big fan of Zalatoris too. Uh, Moving down this list, anybody else strike you as a guy that you really like? I got some some young players I think uh, are really
1: talented and playing good golf. Uh, A disappointing Sunday for Carlos Ortiz, who I also like. Mm -hmm. And Sam Burns, I mean, Sam Burns has got some serious firepower. Uh, So, Jimmy Zalatoris, Burns, uh, Carlos Ortiz, who has sneaky length now, uh, Luke List is someone we're we're starting a little farther down that really impressed, uh, had a bogey-free five or six under round on Sunday. So, I'm looking at kind of those those same bomber upside guys. Luke List isn't one of the young guys anymore, but I I think of him as a young guy. I think he's like 35 or something, but...
0: Yeah. Uh, I like all those plays. What about you? So, um, yeah, we're, we're speaking the same language here. I actually think it's um, it's almost like a, a neon light flashing at us with some of these names this week because you're looking for guys who are in form and guys whose games fit this golf course. So there are six players who finished in the top 32 at Torrey Pines this past weekend who are also in the top 30 in strokes gained off the tee this season. We've mentioned a handful of them already. Sung JM Will Zalatoris, Luke List, Sam Burns, also throwing Henrik Norlander and Wyndham Clark. I know you like Wyndham Clark as Ooh, well. Oh, I love Wyndham Clark this week. I mean, those are just guys that like, hey, they're playing well, and now they're going to a golf course that really suits their game. Uh, like, hey, guys, they're right here. It, it's, it's almost too easy. I mean, I'm sure like all of this is going to uh, fall by the wayside. We're going to look – bad at the end of the week but i it's just it's right there for us um and, and it's it's almost glaring the fact that all of these guys are are sitting pretty uh, as guys you can take with with decent odds and and decent prices for dfs yeah
1: i mean you just it, and wyndham clark is someone that i absolutely want to play uh one of the a good buddy of drew stoltz um so yeah i i'm i'm, I'm biased I was on him last week and you know, if he does everything in the middle, well, a uh, ton of power, great putter. So, um, and the putting actually hasn't been good. So if that regresses, uh, watch out, he can, he can make some serious noise. Uh, on the long shot side, I imagine you might have some of the same names. Uh, I know he's not long, but I'm going to buy a little Ches Revy in Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to buy Aaron really Wise. Uh, I'm sure you're on the doctor. Doc Redman.
0: Not so much this week, but I, I mean, I always like him, so, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, sort of. Richie Wierenski uh, was someone has that – played very well. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think he's another long shot that, that you know, you certainly could get behind. Uh, Scott Stallings has a lot of upside, didn't play well. – I think he missed the cut last week. Those are some other names that are, are standing out initially with some of the models that i have run.
0: I can't believe you have not named – The problem is he's not quite a long shot. Friend of the pod – Oh, Brendan Steele. Brendan
1: Steele, Brendan Steele, Brendan Steele.
0: I just want to be able to hit the ball higher, a little bit farther.
1: Steele with a rip off the 12th.
0: Whoa. Hard to beat. Wow. That Brendan was just steel. jammed in. the man of steel. How good was that? Wow. He's finally, the, the number's at least, like, palatable. The number's, like, close to where it should be now. Up until now, like, Steele was going out at 200, 250 to 1. I'm sitting there going, he's, a really good player. He's won three times on the PGA Tour. This guy drives it really well. He plays really well in Phoenix. He's got four career top six finishes in ten starts. Now the number this week, I've seen him anywhere from eighty to one at the Westgate to one hundred and twenty-five to one on DraftKings. So yeah, uh, the number, is not um, bad, yeah, it to deserves one. to be shopped around a little bit. But uh, again, really solid driver of the golf ball and. I uh, talked to him a little bit and he had the week off last week. He's never gone into Phoenix after having a week off. And Oh, by the way, not many fans this week. Some players won't like it. They like being around all those people. Some players might like it a little bit more. And so if you can figure that out, that might help you make your bets. Okay. I mean, he drives it
1: great. His approach game really improved, uh, but he's starting to get priced appropriately, which is why he yeah. actually didn't stand out for me. Um, that's strictly because he's uh, he's moved down. I mean, he's, and that same range as you know, guys like Cameron Champ and Emiliano Grillo, Carlos Ortiz. I certainly think he's better than a lot of the guys after that, but he's priced appropriately now.
0: Two more names. Uh, one, maybe you mentioned it. And I miss Max Homa. I'm interested. Like I mean, yeah, he's got I, he's got. I mean, he's starting to put. It's goals. coming. It's it's coming real soon. And the other one, if you want to go big long shot, uh, and I know you've liked this guy in the past as well, Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, another really good driver of the golf ball, basically. I am looking at guys who are uh, first, you know, okay, well, give me the top 10 in strokes gained off the tee, and then, all right, let me go down to 20, and then 30, 40, and then in the top 50, and Mitchell's 42nd right now, that's about where I'm cutting it off. There are enough guys between favorites, mid-tier, and long shots within that top 50 uh, of driving the ball that I'm really not looking outside of that. I'm looking at guys that can absolutely just pure it down the middle and hit it pretty far at this place. Yeah. I, I, I
1: mean, Keith Mitchell has definitely shown some upside to play better in the south and the east coast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a ton of firepower now as, like, in his long shot.
0: Five minutes, five questions you never asked. I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf. This is Five Under with Jason Sobel and Peter Jennings. Let's get to our five questions in five minutes and we'll do that and then get to our ultimate DFS lineup and we've got some news like I said so we're gonna get some uh some sad news uh you know might get a little emotional around here in a couple of minutes but we'll we'll do at least the first four questions we can get through and so I've got some prop bets here. So um, oh, love prop bets. Super Bowl waste management, Phoenix Open prop bets. I won't go into the ones. They also have Saudi International prop bets with the Super Bowl. I let's let's keep it <laughs> instead of cross continental sport prop picks. Let's at least keep it with the uh, the PGA Tour event this week. So uh, I will hit you with let's see. All right, there's some math involved in this one, but the winning score at the waste management plus 57 and a half, or Patrick Mahomes' total passing yards?
1: I'll take Patrick Mahomes' passing yards, even though I feel like you should be taking the other side there. I think people overestimate normally, but actually I like Patrick Mahomes' passing yards in this game. I think they're going to have to do a lot of dinking and dunking because it's been really hard to run against Tampa Bay this year. So, I think Kansas City throws more, and in general with prop bets, you want to be betting unders. Uh you know, the, the casual fans taking overs, mm-hmm. the sharper betters are taking unders, but I do think Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to have to throw a ton in this game.
0: For reference, you would think the the winner this week is going to be somewhere right around 265, 265 to 270, yeah. and so at 260, let's say 260. Yeah, you're
1: looking at like a 315-320, which is a big yeah. game. I just yeah. think that that's what's going to have game. to happen here. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And you're all also right. looking at mean versus median, which people screw up a lot. People just try to take an
0: average, and it's about the median, not the mean, for for everyone right. out there betting props. I I mix that up all the time, I'll admit it. Uh, okay, the next one: Tom Brady interceptions in the Super Bowl, or it says hole in ones. By the way, let's fix this wherever we got this prop bet from. Holes in one at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Which is higher? I'll take Brady
1: interceptions. Yeah, uh,
0: that's minus 115. So that is, yeah, I'll take Brady interceptions. Favorite there, but yeah, There's probably
1: I, like a, I mean, I, I actually don't know the hole in one numbers as well as I should. And I know it's course dependent, but yeah, I, my, my sense is Brady.
0: They always talk about the hole in ones on 16. By the way, the last hole in one that was there, I believe, was Francesco Molinari about three years ago. I was out with a buddy who, uh, who covers the PGA Tour for their digital site. And we stood on 16 for about an hour. And then he said, hey, let's go walk some of the other golf course and watch, you know, watch somebody else. I said, "Okay," And we walked away. And in the next group, Francesco made a hole in one at 16 and the place went absolutely bonkers. We were like two holes away. we were like a couple hundred yards away. And you knew as soon as it happened, you knew exactly what it was and where it was based on that sound. I've heard nothing like it ever before in golf. Yeah, so freaking cool. Um, So glad I missed it. Yeah. (laughs) Well... All right, Chris Godwin receiving yards, minus 140, or the lowest first-round score at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, plus 115. I will say that the lowest first-round score in Phoenix, I think Wyndham Clark was actually last year, 61, 62. So, I mean, they they go pretty low there, especially in the first round. Phil Phil had a a 59-and-a-half one year. I mean, I was out there for that. Phil's putt on 18 at about a 20-footer it rolled in the hole it went down into the cup and it somehow popped back out it was unbelievable uh he his bid for a 59 that did everything but stay down in the hole yeah well i'll take uh i'll take the, the lower round being higher uh you know i love chris godwin
1: this game his prop is kind of in that like mid to high 70s number but getting the plus 115 i think is interesting and uh, i also think there could be some value in the under for godwin on the yards i do think uh, he'll get a lot of action but Um, Yeah, Antonio Brown could play. Initially, I thought he wasn't going to play, but it sounds like he might. So, um, yeah, they're going to have a lot of options and um, another mean versus median situation with Godwin.
0: Okay. Man, I need like a pencil and paper to figure this stuff out. You're good at this stuff. You can figure it out in your head, though. Xander Shoffley's round four score plus nine and a half or the Kansas City Chiefs rushing yards minus nine and a half. So that's
1: assuming Xander gets it. It's assuming. No, no
0: bet if he misses the cut. Yes. Yeah. So assuming he makes it.
1: Okay. So, he's, I mean, his number is like 73, 74. I think Kansas city is going to struggle to run. So I'll just take the Xander one, even though that seems like a pretty low number. I mean, you're getting kind of in that high seventies range versus 80 some yards. I, it's just been so hard to run versus Tampa Bay. So give me Xander. I don't have a ton of conviction. My guess is it's probably juiced. Uh, where you you're enticed to take that side, uh, where it's more of a favorite on on the Chiefs rushing. No, it's
0: they're both minus one ten. So okay, well I like I like the Xander plus nine and a half. All right, those those make my head hurt. By the way, if people are like seriously betting these cross sport props, like is there an edge to find? I mean, is it are these oh, yeah. legitimate good bets to make for the Sunday?
1: Yeah, there's tons of great bets. Uh, I mean, props on the Super Bowl is one of the most inefficient markets that you'll find there's there's props and everything. Don't be foolish and bet on the stuff that's, you know, where there's no math and, and, and no edges and, uh, take unders broadly. Uh, that's, you know, kind of fading the public. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of value in laying money, like basically a ton of value in betting the no for the safety, um, a ton of stuff, you know, the going for two is an interesting one. I actually think there might be a little value in the yes there. Um, Tons of great stuff. And we actually have a really cool little tool uh, at Action Labs where you can compare uh, different props at, at different books and Line Shop. So Line Shop and uh, look for more unders. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. And if you do have really good sims and, and things set up, you can definitely take advantage
0: of the, the cross props, especially the ones that don't have a lot of juice. I mean, 20 mm-hmm. cents is definitely beatable. Very cool. Um, and the last question in our five questions, and I've teased a few times that we've got a little announcement um, so I guess I'll phrase it in the form of a question for you. And I can't believe I have to ask this, but are you really going to leave us?
1: Oh, Jason, now, now you're, making, you're making me sad with the face. What's, what's your uh, news? You're one of the first people I talked to. Um, yeah, I got the baby on the way and just uh, going gonna to have a, a smaller role here. Uh, so won't be on the pod uh, every week like mm-hmm. I have been, which is... One of my favorite moments uh, of the week is doing this with you, but I love it so much that uh, I'm hoping that I'll be able to be a guest on the pod. So um, yeah, it's been so much fun doing this with you. Going back to doing it with sleeves was so much fun and just kind of the growth of uh, this podcast and the gimme. Um, So proud of what we've been able to do at the action network with the PGA tour. And uh, it's been fun. I mean, you've been on this. I mean, I remember uh, meeting you in person for the first time in New York and, you were super stoked about all this stuff and, you know, yep. you said how you're bullish on gambling and how you thought it was going to be integrated with the PGA tour and everything we talked about basically has come to fruition. So it's been a fun journey. And uh, yeah, I'm love golf betting and, and love talking with you and uh, I'm going to miss this. And more than anything, I just hope you and I are on
0: a golf course sooner rather than later. I'm like itching to play golf with you. I know we'll do it soon. I, I won't get too mushy here, but um, I will say that you and I have become great friends uh, in no small part because of doing the pod and doing the gimme together and just sort of working together on a, on a regular basis. And I, I can honestly say that I have learned more about betting, about golf betting, about markets, about value, about so much in this industry from you than anybody else. I mean, I, I came to the Action Network three years ago knowing golf and knowing how the PGA tour works and knowing how to pick some players for a tournament, but I, I didn't know a whole lot about golf betting. I wasn't allowed to bet on golf when I was at ESPN or golf channel before this. And so uh, I've learned so much about that side of it from you. So thank you for everything you've taught me. And uh, yes, we'll keep the seat warm for you. And anytime you would like to be on the pod, you can come on the pod. You don't even have to, I, I, I wouldn't even say you're a guest on the pod. You're just like, you're you're just like the doors open, and you just walk right through the door, and 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 you're in, you're you're home well, when you come to the pod. Well, thank you,
1: Jason. And I've learned so much from you. It's uh, great to get your wisdom just about the PGA Tour, and you know, somewhere I'm flying blind is just about these players, and you have so many insights. And um, more than anything, I mean, we've just had a lot of fun together. Uh, this has been. I always look forward to this. Uh, you know, we've we've had a ton of great moments together, and uh, I'm just like I said, I'm hoping I'm just like. We're going to be laughing about this moment when we're having a beer together and on the golf course and hanging out or playing blackjack or whatever. So, uh, I live for relationships in life; they're the most important things to me. And uh, so thankful for your friendship and really appreciative of everyone who's listened to this podcast and interacted with us. So, I'll still be around and uh, super bullish on the direction of Action Network and uh, you know the golf podcast and
0: just all the stuff we're doing with Golfbet. All right. Well, I'm. I'm not going to shed any tears till later. I don't want to do it here on the pod. But you can't yeah, go you yet. Really you can't... cry because I got
1: LASIK. My eyes are dry. <laughs> so that's saving me right now.
0: You can't leave yet. We got to make a lineup. Yeah, and, yeah let's you know, do it's, it. uh, Before you go anywhere, you got to you got to help out the listeners one last time. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're gonna go nose to nose with him, and you're gonna play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God, God damn it, that's what I demand of you.
1: So let's get drafting.
0: Pete, let's make this one a good one. I mean, let's just take down everything with this lineup here. Uh would be the way off? to go out. Let, let's, yeah. let, let's let's go um, out on top here.
1: Hundred percent in on that. Do you want to pick first or second? I'll
0: go second. This okay. one's all about you. I'm trying to think where I want to start.
1: I'll start off with Wyndham Clark. I think that's someone we're both on kind of leaves you a little bit of uh, ability to maneuver uh, where you want. I think Wyndham's starting to play really good golf. You know, had a couple loose shots last week uh, on Sunday to 72, but battled um, and, and certainly has shown some really good golf and uh, comfortable in Arizona, plays a ton of golf down here. I, I think he might actually live in Scottsdale. I'm not, he does. Yep. Yeah. I thought, I thought he did. Yeah. Um, so he'll be comfortable sleeping in his own bed. Should just be a good setup for Wyndham Clark and, That leads us to money, some money to spend, which, uh, yeah, we can spend now or later.
0: I have a feeling we're going to be on the same page with a lot of this stuff. I'm not going to spend too much, but uh, I will spend a little bit. I'm going to spend 9,000 here and go with Will Zalatoris. Just look, I, I mentioned it earlier, but it's worth saying again, seven starts on the PGA Tour since September. He's finished in the top eight in more than half of them, in four of seven starts. That's Unbelievable how good this kid has been right off the bat. So, uh, I think he obviously is coming off some momentum from Tory Pines last week, and this should be one that sets up really well for him. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, that shot he had on 18 made a little extra cash, got super firepower. If he putts decently, I mean, watch out. Uh, love that that pick. Um, and yeah, let's go with a you know, friend of the podcast. Uh, nice hole out on 18 on Saturday. Max Homa, uh, I think, is a really interesting pick and is starting to find that form again, which just makes me excited. I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, didn't make the cut at the Masters, was playing pretty poorly, honestly, before that. Since the Masters, Mayakoba, T12, American Express, T21, not, you know, his best weekend at the Farmers Insurance. And obviously, he's really disappointed with the American Express Sunday round, but a lot of good golf uh, and clearly hitting his wedge as well, given that hole out.
0: Totally agree with that one. And I'm going to give you one that you're going to agree with because you actually mentioned him before I could even get to him, I think today. So uh, Sam Burns, just firing again. Um, Again, I'm looking for guys who are in form, played well last week, and drive it well. That is Sam Burns to a T. He's at 7,700. And I'm leaving both of us some money on the table to spend just a little bit. We got 9,150 per man left with two picks. All right, we both love Rory. So I plug plugging Rory, and although if you don't like 7700,
1: I mean, there's a lot of names you can go down to. Uh, maybe we should. Yeah, actually, I'll leave you this. There's a
0: couple. There's a couple picks I think you can go with here. I'll go Rory. You go Rory, and I. Let's see. Do I want to go with form with very recent form, or do I want to go with our heart? I feel like after all these these emotional, you gotta um, go with the, messages we just the had for I each other me. that. Uh, friend of the pod, Brendan Steele, sitting there at 7,400 leaves 300, 300 on the table. I, was, I was thinking Henrik Norlander, but I, I have a feeling it's that's going to be tough to top what he just did this past week at, at tory finishing in a share of runner up with a bunch of other guys. So, Brendan Steele, I think it's going to be another really nice week. Remember, he was fourth and 21st in his first two starts this year. Statistically speaking, he's a remarkably average tour player, but it's the steely demeanor and resolve that have laid the foundation for his achievements. And now, in my opinion, he's going to a course that suits him better than either of those that he played already. Well, I just
1: put the same team in in everything. Uh, I might edit it out of the Thunderdome, but uh, (laughs) at least for now, it's in everything. And uh, yeah, to echo the, the last comments, it's been so fun
0: doing this. And I really like this team. Sam Burns, Wyndham Clark, Max Homa... Rory McElroy, Brendan Steele, Will Zalatoris. I, I will have many, many teams that look very, very similar to this one. I, I'm not stray, straying too far from what we've got there. So, uh, Pete, thanks again for everything over the last three years. I I don't want to call it goodbye because, like I said, it's the door is always goodbye, open. Dude. You can you can walk on into the pod and hang with us anytime you want. Um, you know, and like we said, it. Yeah. It's not going to be a hundred percent of the time, but it's not going to be 1% of the time either. So you be back and give me the
1: over on uh, 1%. So basically okay. Jason and uh, good luck to everyone this week. And I'm just itching, man. And we got the little girl on the way, but sooner rather than later, I'm going to be on a golf course with you uh, drinking a beer and maybe our old friend, Drew Stoltz will be there too. So, uh, I'm so happy for you
0: and that having that little girl come in you're going to have some freedom to, uh, you know, kind of do what you want now. So I, I think that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. I can't wait. We're going to play golf soon. Maybe we'll do a pod on the golf course. Maybe we'll do it after we've had a bunch of transfusions on the golf course. And, uh, and we get all silly on the podcast. I think that would be a lot of fun. So again, that would be thanks to you for everything over the years, listeners don't go anywhere. Uh, you know, you've got me still and uh, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe, maybe someone will join me cause you don't want to listen to me for a whole half hour, just yapping by myself. So There's a lot of really smart
1: people in in golf right now, and you have the best relationships in the space. So I'm sure the podcast and everything's going to be in a great place. So thanks, Jason, and and good luck to everyone this week.
0: I, I will try to find someone who will talk to me for as long as you have. Good luck to everybody out there with their picks for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Here's hoping you hit the green. we finished talking.